what is a successful gym? And to me, a successful gym is paying you $100,000 a year as the owner. It really doesn't make sense to just keep growing your gym, making more revenue and paying the government more, paying like only your staff more and paying the landlord more. But that's the trap that a lot of gyms fall into. As a parent of two young kids, yes, there's no price I would not pay to get them out of the house for an hour and have quiet. In the last year and a half, TubeBrain has produced 43 millionaires. And this is because the model evolves and what we teach evolves and it follows the, the data. Hello and welcome to Gym World Worldwide. For the first time in Gym World history, I am riding solo, not joined by my co-host, Mateo Lopez. Uh, we miss him very much, but he is busy onboarding Kilo customers for the rest of his life. Am I a joke to you? Uh, but to make up for this tragedy, I have brought on the crown prince of the gym world, the CEO of Two Brain Business, His Highness, Chris Cooper. How are you today? Thanks, John. Uh, well, I'm going to spend the rest of the day trying to live up to that intro. So great. Yes. And you, uh, for those that don't know, I have been running sales and marketing for Two Brain Business for, uh, I think, five years five now. Years, yeah. I view Chris Cooper as my personal mentor and the person who's impacted the trajectory of my career more than anybody else in the gym world. Um, so I love this guy, but I didn't bring him on to talk about his business, his gym. Uh, we're, we're here to talk about important stuff. We're here to talk about the state of the fitness industry. So um, Chris, why don't you tell people what the state of the industry is and uh, and why we do it? Uh, maybe I'll start with why. And that was because, you know, as a single gym owner, I felt kind of like I was on an island by myself and I would see all these ideas and I'd have my own ideas. And I would think like, you know, I bet you somebody else has done this before they could tell me if it works, but there was really nobody out there tracking like what was actually working. So if you, if you find a gym owner online and you say, what's the best thing you've ever done for your gym? And they'll be like, oh, I bought this floor sweeper. Like what, what you're not able to know is like, what else have they done for their gym? What other floor sweepers have they tried? How has that actually changed their gym? Like in a dollars and cents way. And back then when I was really struggling, it was hard to find these answers. But now it's even worse because you've got a lot of people telling you like, this will work, this will work. And so what we wanted to do is just create a data set. We wanted to actually track what is really working for gym owners, what will work for you. And also like, what are the averages? How are gyms doing? Like, what does the average gym charge for a personal training session? And once you've got those averages, now you've got a scoreboard for your business and um, you don't have to test everything yourself. So for example, you know, will adding a nutrition program or adding a kid's program benefit me more right now? Well, we've got that answer now. Like we know, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that, but really you don't have to go out there and try and build a kid's program, spend six months, burn through two coaches, invest $10,000. And then try a nutrition program where you're committing to like spending five grand on certification and then you increase your insurance and you buy this app. And then, you know, you don't have to test this stuff yourself anymore. You can just look at the data set and say, okay, I'm going to try this one first, you know? 
And for those that uh, don't know, because I know more than 10 people listen to this podcast now, so now that we're major, uh, Two Brain Business is a uh, gym mentorship company. And it is one of the largest, if not the largest in the entire world. Uh, right now, we actively work with around 900 gyms. And we've personally mentored, uh, I think we're getting pretty close to 2,500, if not over 2,500. Do you know the exact number, Chris? Uh, it's over 1,500 alumni. So 24 to 2,500 gyms worldwide we've, we've worked with. And so uh, for the last five years, we've been collecting data on all those gyms using an app that we built. Uh, like, I think we started right before COVID, right? I was less involved with that process. That was like 2018, 2019. And then we've been doing this report um, for three years now. So we started during COVID. And one of the things that you touched on that I thought was interesting was when I was running my gyms in New York, it was exactly that, right? There are a lot of gurus. And I think Two Brains started this way. It was just you kind of like blogging in your basement. Like someone told me this thing. I implemented it and here were my results. And all the other yeah. gurus were kind of like the same way, right? Like you had one guy being like, the only way to run a gym is you need to do 800 personal training sessions. And then another person was like, all you need to do is just like keep buying rowers and be better. And then you're like, you need to have 30 different types of revenue streams, the stratified <laughs> model. Yeah. And there really wasn't any like real way to tell like which way was the best way, which way was the most profitable way. Um, and so one of the things that you've changed in terms of positioning is like, hey, in the beginning, it was this idea of N equals one. I was I was the data set. And now that TwoBrain has grown, how do you how do you view like what is industry best practice? So we now collect data from uh, about 16,000 gyms worldwide, thanks to our partners, Kilo, Wattify, Push Press, uh, Go Team Up is involved this year. And so what we can see from them is mostly averages. What's the average gym charging? But also some best practices, like what are your key times for running group classes? How many staff do you have? What does your best staff member make? And so where, you know, at, at first, like I was saying, here's what I did. And that was great. What I eventually found was that the people that, whose gyms I was helping, they started doing better than my gym. So the next generation of two brain was really like, here's, you know, 80% lessons Chris learned and 20% lessons that people have done better than Chris, you know, uh, oh, Chris does bring a friend Friday. Well, I did it with wine. And it actually worked out better. And like, here's my rate or whatever, right? And so now we're about seven generations in. And it's incredible because the mentor team that leads Two Brain right now and uh, our clients are getting faster results than I ever did. You know, it, it took me, I don't know, six years to fix my gym and get it to the point where I was making like 100,000 a year. Now, the average in Two Brain is two years, one month, nine days. And we're working hard to bring that average down. When I started, there was no such thing as a millionaire in the fitness industry. In the last year and a half, Two Brain has produced 43 millionaires. And this is because the model evolves and what we teach evolves and it follows the, the data. It follows the best practice. It's not about what does Chris do at his gym anymore. Not at all. It's what do the best gyms in the world do? And we're confidently able to say exactly what that is, share their tools, share their tactics, even like share their Instagram posts verbatim. Because we have this data set, we can identify who the best are and copy them.
Yeah, it's amazing. I've gotten to hang out in well, one when I was running my gyms, uh, we were. I've talked about this before. We received a fifty thousand dollar grant from New York to just buy a bunch of business mentorship. So as an operator, I've been able to go through a lot of gym mentorship programs, and then through Kilo, I've just been able to hang out in uh, a bunch of other groups. And what I think Two Brain does better than uh, most people in the industry is that it's just so tactical. Like to your point, it's like, okay, we're going to get you 10 people in the next month. Here's what you post on day one. You copy and paste it. Here's what you post on day two. You copy and paste it. Here's what you post on day three. Here's what you post on day four. This is what you sell them. And then you just pay Like you do that and the program pays for itself for the rest of time. Right. Like, and to have that and to think so ROI focused is really what separates like a large established program versus like a smaller program where it's like, hey, I had a successful gym. This is what I did. You should copy. Right. Because the reality is there's a lot of anomalies. Like I, I, I had five gyms. um, So it was the same team, like the same management team for all of them. And I can tell you like the, the Delta between the most successful and the least successful was massive, 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 massive. And so you can have the same owner operator team in the same position. There is an element of luck. And what I think is great about two brain is that it's like, this is something that doesn't like work for this one guy in Kansas. This is something that works for 900 gyms across the world. So enough small talk. Um, Give us some, (laughs) give them, give us some insights, give us some real deal insights from the data that we've learned from, from doing this project. What are, what are some things gym owners can take away? Yeah, great, man. So again, this is from um, the broad state of the industry last year. Uh, we had over 11,000 gyms participating. And the stuff that we learned was not necessarily stuff that I would have predicted. And honestly, you know, some of it wasn't even stuff that I liked, but you can't lie with a data set this big. So here we go. The, the first one was... Um, I guess let's just start with like nutrition coaching. So for the last five, six years, we've had a lot of nutrition coaches on the podcast and they're talking about like building a successful program and like how to do it. And and maybe they've started a company or maybe they like just tell you like exactly what they do. And unfortunately, through many, many different iterations of this, when we look at the data set, um, what you see is like 79% of micro gyms that are out there now have some kind of nutrition coaching program, right? So good, because that's what's going to get their clients better results. Unfortunately, the revenue that those programs drive is like 5% of their gross. It's tiny and that's, that's gross revenue. So then you take, you know, 44% of that and you pay the coach and you're paying for the certification. Maybe your insurance bill goes up. And what actually happens is that this thing kind of nets out to, you know, around zero. You're not really making a lot of extra money from that. There's a couple of ways that you can improve that. And, you know, the data set shows like when you combine nutrition with another high ticket or, uh, you know, combination program, you actually do better. But what we also learn is that most people are not going to stick with a nutrition program as long as they stick with an exercise program. So if you build your program to be between one and three months long, and then they take a break, or it's like a challenge or something like that, you'll actually do better. And you'll have a lot less drag because, um, you know, you can implement, you can execute, you can plan and um, probably get as much revenue with more profit and keep clients engaged. So that was, that's one thing that was really interesting to me. We have a nutrition program at Catalyst. 
And again, like I use this data set to help me make decisions in my gym. We're going to go back to doing short-term challenges three or four times a year. And it's funny because it was something we started, like that is definitely something that TwoBrain helped take mainstream. And I look at a lot of the major nutrition companies in the space. They were, a lot of them were born from within TwoBrain. Um, and, and it was around the time, like I came on as a client. And so we used a few different ones, um, some of the two brain spawn and other ones. And it was always like, you'd have to pay like, you know, two to 300 bucks for the mentorship. Then you'd have to find coaches and you'd have to certify the coaches. And then you wouldn't really know how to like do it. Like I wasn't, I'm not a nutrition expert. I'm not a dietitian. I don't know how to, uh, manage these people. And so it created this like splinter cell within the organization. And if we looked at it in terms of like what it was, versus our actual revenue um, versus the percent, the percent of revenue versus the percent of headaches. There was a huge imbalance there. Um, and, and to your point, I, nutrition is important. So don't let me, don't make it sound like I'm downplaying it, but from a business standpoint, I, I agree with you. It is pretty clear from the numbers that like for the amount of time and effort and money that a gym owner puts into it, uh, that may be better served in other areas of the business, or at least that's what the, the data is telling us. And then maybe finding a partner or someplace to outsource or something along those lines, or just doing challenge-based nutrition um, could be a better use of time and resource or free up the correct resources. Yeah. So that is a great one. Give me another one. Yeah. I mean, so just like one quick caveat on that is like in the first two to three months that you're running a program, that's when you're going to see the most revenue from the program. The longer you're running the program, the more the benefit tails off. And so like, you're still better to repeat it a couple times a year. Now you've got to weigh this data against like, do I think every one of my clients should have a nutrition coaching program? Great. Yeah, they probably should. Should it be a separate offering that they're paying a lot more for? You know, that's really a business decision. And just to caveat there as well is like, there's going to be people who will be like, ah, rebel, rebel. I make a hundred percent of my revenue from nutrition. Good. And, and sure. Yeah. Like on this Good. podcast, we we've talked to people who are making six figures just from nutrition and, and power to them. That's amazing. But like, it's clear, it, you know, we, we need to be able to say like, this person is an outlier. This is not a replicable model. This person's got some special sauce. This person is, um, you know, that that's their jam. It's not something that, you know, you could do what they did and rubber stamp it everywhere around the world and it would work as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's nutrition books out there that have quoted me as saying, you know, if I knew back then, 25 years ago, what I know now, I would have built a nutrition coaching business with a power cage in the back parking lot. Right. And like, that's what gets people results. You have to think about how you're going to build that into your program. So that number one, it helps you grow your gym and make your gym sustainable. Number two, actually get your clients those results. Okay. So that's all. Right. Like you're going to squat for five years. You're not going to track macros for five years. You know, once you, that's you go it. insane, that's you know, it. the average person does it for a few months, they get the results, they understand the concepts and then they, you know, they just want to go back to having a healthy relationship with food and, and maintaining their sanity, but they're going yeah. to keep working out. And so that's right. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. So enough of the nutrition rabbit hole. Sorry to yeah. bring this down then. Uh, That's okay. So <laughs> next um, insight. What's interesting is that uh, kids programs actually has the opposite challenge. So kids programs um, where the gyms who run kids programs are usually doing about nine or 10% of their gross revenue from kids programs. Now, the majority of the people who are doing that are really just doing what I did, which is like you add a kids program because all the adults in your gym are asking for it. Um, according to like some of our partners, like brand X, the gyms that really focus on kids programs 
they could do like 20% of their gross revenue from kids programs. And there are gyms out there who only do kids programs. And guess what? They're doing like way more revenue than micro gyms are. All this though, and the, the cool thing about kids programs is that they recur forever. Like stickiness in a kids program is amazing. Retention's great. Leg is awesome. But only 39% of gyms offer kids or youth classes. So it's almost like the inverse problem of nutrition. It's like, this is a bigger opportunity, but fewer people do it. Part of that reason is you've got to have like the perfect kids coach. And sometimes you burn those coaches out. So you really have to be careful. Um, but I think that kids and youth programming is a massive opportunity. You know, I work with some other business coaches who are in like cheer, gymnastics, martial arts, and in gyms that just focus on kids programs, a lot of the times they're doing double the revenue that like, you know, a, a hit gym, a strength and conditioning gym, a Pilates gym, a CrossFit gym even would do. Yeah. I, um, I became close with Pete Dupuy this year. He's uh, the business guy behind Eric Cressy's gym. And all they do is train like baseball players. Yeah. And they got so big that one of the cities near us basically like gave them a sweetheart deal to like start a gym in the town because they thought they would bring in like so much revenue into the town. And through him, I've met other people who do sports specific stuff. So I met a, uh, a guy in Calgary who all they do is train hockey players, right? Like that's it. Kids. And, and, and that's it. And they make like 80% of their revenue in like a four month span because it's like, uh, you know, they can only train during off season. They don't want to train when they're, they're playing. And it's like way more than the average CrossFit gym makes just doing hockey players. And they don't even have like a dedicated space. They rent out like an, they sublease an area in like the rink where all the kids play. So, um, to the point like, yeah, you can build some like monster kid businesses, um, is there any insight into like specializing for sport or just general kids or any takeaways that a gym owner can take there? Do we, do we not know? Well, we don't, I mean, empirically, you and I both have experience with like these sports specific schools, but the reality is any parent who's listening to this knows if their kid finds a physical activity that they enjoy, you will pay, you'll find a way to pay for it. And, you know, most of these activities that I'm talking about charge twice as much as a gym would charge for their like add on kids program. You know, I, I screwed this up. Like, I don't know if I was charging by the pound or whatever, but I just took my adult <laughs> unlimited membership, cut that in half. And like, that's the kids membership now, right? Like, what am I doing? The inverse should actually be true because an adult, every parent listening will get this. You'll spend twice as much on your kid as you will for yourself. And you should, because they're building habits that they'll keep for the rest of their life. If you can give your kid one sport that they love, and that is something they can do for the next 50 years. I mean, you've dramatically improved their health outcomes. As a parent of two young kids, yes, there's no price I would not pay to get them out of the house for an hour and have quiet. So, And yet you will not let me send your son a dirt bike. Uh, that's a wife thing, you know, that's a wife thing and a, a legality thing. But but yes, um, we see the value. We're just anything, any any activity we can get this kid into to get him out of the house, get some energy out. It's great. I've actually talked to a couple of people who are like building. They're calling them like micro schools out of their gyms, which is crazy. So like yeah. the kids program got so big that they're actually like turning them. They're, they're building these like weird pirate schools. Um, I don't know enough about it to talk in any type of educated manner. Uh, but I've uh, talked to a few people who are doing it and it does seem interesting and something we can explore later. Um, yeah. All right. So action to take. 
Charge more for your kids. Don't charge by the pound. Exactly. Yeah. If you have a kids program, raise your rates 15%. If you don't have one, find the amazing coach first before you try to launch one. But it, it is uh, fairly easy to launch, fairly easy to fill. And um, it really will impact your community. Before we get into the third takeaway, um, let's talk about why I asked you to come on. Because we talked about the 15,000 gyms that we've collected data on. We've talked about how we take information directly from our partner network of gym management software providers. But the reality is that doesn't paint the full picture, right? Within your gym management software, we can we know how many members you have. We know how much revenue you make. We know how long people stay. Uh, but the reality is, in order to give the industry a clearer picture of what's happening, we need to know what's going on on the expense side as well and how you classify certain elements. So we do that via a survey. So maybe you could talk about the survey and uh, the importance of filling it out. Yeah. So the state of the industry guide that we publish is actually made up of two parts. So number one is the quantitative side. How many members do you have? What are you charging? How many staff do you have? And then there's the qualitative side too, which is like, um, you know, how are you feeling? Are, do you have the energy to fight through for three years to turn this thing around? Like, are you ready to quit? Are you ready to expand? Are you going to open more gyms? But inside that qualitative survey, um, which is just, you know, recently out, we ask things like, you know, how much are your top staff people making? Because these are like really important things for gym owners to know. Uh, gym owners have to be able to make decisions like, do I put this person on a salary? Can I afford that person? What, what actually will they be doing? Um, and so, you know, we want to, we want to capture like every single piece of data that we can that will help a gym owner make a decision and then have it analyzed independently and then present it in a way that's clear and makes sense and just helps you make decisions instead of just like, you know, here's a thousand page phone book to scroll through. Yeah. And for those of you who've never seen it, it's like a physical book here. Um, and it's thick. Look at all these pages and there's charts and it's colorful, everything you want out of a picture book. Um, and so we send, we send out, uh, thousands of copies of these. And then we make a smaller version that we send out to literally every box gym that I can get an address for. Um, so, you know, it costs tens of thousands of dollars to do this every year, but we see it as one of the most important investments we make up there with our uh, Woodstock for Fitness Business Owners, the Two Brain Summit coming in June in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, I, I think like, why why did you do it in the first place, right? We talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but other um, industries and other like gurus have their own version of this. Why, why is ours any different? Well, I mean, we did it to help people make decisions and give them clarity. And early on, I realized like I haven't done everything. I certainly haven't optimized everything. And I would rather just find out who is doing the best and learn from them. But the problem was always like a filtering problem, right? Like who's actually doing the best and who is just full of it. And, um, and also like, you know, you go into a public Facebook group and you're like, how much are you paying your trainers? I mean, the answers are almost irrelevant because it depends on market. It depends on skill of the trainer. It depends on how big a part of your program that is, et cetera. So what we actually want to know is like, okay, what is actually working here? Like with proof and what are the actual averages with proof? Not just like who are the first five people to respond on Facebook. So, you know, years ago, um, I was sitting down 
with uh, the founders of a big chain and like kind of their inner circle of, of, you know, governors or whatever. And they're like, what's the number one thing that we can do to help our affiliates? And I said, well, the best thing you can do is collect data and then just give it to us, right? Like not everybody's going to take meaning out of it, but, and you don't have to tell us what to do, but just tell us like what the averages are so that we can measure ourselves. give us a scoreboard. And they said, that sounds like a great idea. We're never going to do it. And I was like totally despondent because this was like my big epiphany, right? Went back to my hotel room, 24 hours later, I was like, this is a monumental gargantuan task, but like we have to do it. If this industry leading organization is not going to do it, the, the people who are best situated with audience size and reach and trust is us. So, you know, we started diving into how do we do this? And it very quickly became clear, like, this is going to cost you a quarter million to put this all together. But again, like, I felt like we were the only people who could do it and the only people who would do it without like being self-promotional about it. So we started talking to partners and like, Wattify was on board right off the bat. Um, you know, push press, they were very early in here. And we just said like, here's what we want to do. We're just doing it to help. And they both dedicated time, manpower, resources to getting us the data that we asked for. And then I invested in an independent analyst to go through it. So it's not just like, here's what Cooper thinks. And the outcome is amazing. Like big organizations like Fitness Industry Canada, uh, URSA, two of the biggest lobbies in the world, they look at this data, right? It gives the independent gym owner a place at the table when there's conversations happening between lobby groups and government. Like that's amazing. But funnier is that sometimes you'll watch a YouTube channel where people are giving their state of the industry and they're like reading our guide, but they're, they're not showing the cover, right? Like I forget what the YouTube channel was, John, but we were watching this guy and just laughing but, you know, yeah, and the point yeah, is that what a clown, <laughs> what a clown, whatever, right? Like the point is not that we get credit for this. The point of this is that this thing exists. And so if they're reading the stats and it's helping their audience of gym owners, okay, great, right? Like I don't care if we get the credit nearly as much as I care that we can put this into the hands of gym owners so they don't feel alone out there. The point of the guide is not that we get credit, but if you are another guru, coach or consultant who is using the guide to give information <laughs> or create content, just don't be an asshole. Just say where you got it. You know, just, just give us a little, just give us a little bit of credit. You know, it's like a research paper you source. Um, that's all <laughs> well, we ask. Nothing crazy. You can, you can use it. You can give it to your clients. We like that, but, but just say, just say, Hey, this is where, this is where we got it. Um, the smart kids so, generally figure it out. <laughs> yes. Um, and so to your point, like Ursa does create something like this, right? Like their global report, but it's 150 bucks. You got to pay to play or you need an Ursa membership. I, we, we paid a couple grand for one, but we didn't yeah. have like the standard gym one. And the reality is this is to your point for health clubs. These are for large, you know, like uh, 100,000 square foot clubs. And it's not particularly relevant. And we haven't found like a great industry that represents, um, box gym owners or small coaching gym owners. Some people use the word micro gym. I don't like that one. Um, but yeah, a, a, a small footprint coaching gym. That's not a boutique studio. 
right? There just wasn't a place for people to get this. And it seemed like the other like uh, coaching companies, they'd be like, oh, we put together a state of the industry. We surveyed our 40 clients and here's what they said. And it's like, they all said our model was the best. And so that's not very helpful because you're not getting any <laughs> insight from anywhere else. And so we actively promote other people to uh, fill out the survey. We ask all our partners uh, because we don't just want two brain clients going and filling out the survey. So, so it says like, oh, two brains, awesome. It's the best model. Like if it's not, we want to learn and, and adapt as well. Um, so yeah, fill out the survey. Um, go to gymownersunited.com. And from there, you can uh, join our group. There's about 8,000 gym owners hanging out in there and pinned at the top, you'll find a place to fill it out and it will help shape the future of the industry. Now that's the shameless plug. Let's go back to uh, what we've learned from some of the data. So we talked about how sometimes nutrition programs are um, a lot of time commitment without a corresponding increase in revenue. We talked about how kids programs may be underutilized in a lot of coaching gyms and definitely uh, underpriced. Uh, what is something else that 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 the the state of the industry in years past has taught us. Well, I mean, if this one also actually proves that like micro gyms are pulling the industry up. So what's interesting is that uh, in 2022, the highest earning staff member in a gym. So if you exclude owners, these are like, you know, the highest earning coaches. On average, the highest earning person made $28,709. Okay. Now, obviously that's too low. It's not enough, but that is better than what the highest earning person, like salaried person would make at these clubs. And it's higher than a full-time job elsewhere in the industry. So it's interesting because like, not it's not enough, okay, but we're getting better. And the reason that most staff aren't making more is because the owner's not making more. The gym needs to get more profitable first so that that raises the ceiling on revenue, which pulls up the ceiling on what they can afford to pay their staff. And that's how we do it, right? We grow the pie. Forget about percentages or what people are telling you about paying your coaches two thirds for personal training and all that crap. Make more money, make your gym more profitable and you can pay more. And that is actually going to pull the industry average up. So something interesting happens when we do that. As micro gyms begin to pay more and more above the industry standard, you actually attract the best people from these clubs who think like, oh, I've got like the stable fitness job for 30 grand a year. Wait a minute. I can go work at this micro gym, Coop Strength and Conditioning, and make more with my skill set. Like, and this is how you keep great people in the industry. This is how you move the best talent out of like kind of the club sphere into the micro gym sphere. It's this unification of data and purpose. And man, micro gym owners are doing it. So you said forget about the percentages, but I'm going to push yeah. back there because one of the most controversial things that uh, you have put out into the world or, or one of the most attacked, right? Like being, yeah. being number one, you take shots at the number one, right? And so yeah. uh, one of the most attacked concepts is this idea of four ninths. And four ninths basically states that uh, you should pay your staff four ninths of the revenue they bring in, and that is including personal training, right? So if it's uh, 90 bucks for a personal training session, uh, you'd pay them 40, is that four ninths? That's how, that's how fractions work? Yeah. 
Okay, cool. <laughs> in Canada, um, I mean, that's how they work metric, yeah. Great. And so people will be like, ah, oh, rabble, rabble. Chris Cooper is a profit-hungry capitalist. You should pay your staff 200% <laughs> of every personal training session. This is evil yeah. and slavery. And so, um, oh, yeah. you know, what do you say to that? What, what, what well, is your response? I, I don't know. I don't really respond to those people often because it's actually not a controversial topic. It's attacked for the point of attention. But if you look at the accounting world, accountants will measure something that's called contribution margin. And that's basically like every person in your business should generate about two and a half times what they're paid. And they do that either by being on the front line and generating revenue and sales, or they do it by freeing up the owner to generate revenue and sales. But on average, you know, 2.5 times um, what they're paid, they should be bringing in for the business. So if you invert that, it's four nines. And, and I always taught it as four nines because it's just easier in my mind to understand. A, a client or a staff person is bringing in 90 bucks, they're keeping 40, and your job as the gym owner is like, do the marketing, get the client, nurture the client, sell the client, provide the gym, provide the equipment, provide the insurance, make sure the gym is clean, like all these other things. And all the coach has to do is show up and coach the client. And if you're charging even 70 bucks for a personal training session, the trainer is making 31 11 an hour, which is still way more than they're making at the club down the street, right? And that's how the four nines model works in its basic form. As you ascend, what happens is you start hiring other roles. So it's not just the frontline trainers anymore. Now you've got an admin person. You might have a front desk person. And so now that 44% or four nines becomes the salary cap. And it's just an easy way to remember, like you got to maintain your contribution margin. It really doesn't make sense to just keep growing your gym making more revenue and paying the government more, paying like only your staff more and paying the landlord more. But that's the trap that a lot of gyms fall into. You know, the gym is making twice the revenue they were a year ago. The owner is not taking any extra money out of it. And so the gym is a failure. It's not sustainable. And, you know, unfortunately, when you talk about numbers and fractions, it's very easy to attack those numbers and fractions because most people don't understand. And so, you know, sadly, um, a lot of other gym business coaches or whatever they call themselves have really taken a beating and, and like they've, they've attacked the four nights model because they don't really understand it. They'll, you know, attack us on Instagram. They'll use hashtags like slave trader. I mean, come on. All they're doing is pushing away everybody who understands math or even has some common tact, you know? And anecdotally, it seems like some of the people that have resisted this concept within two brain are people who one are priced the lowest and two struggle and you can't, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, I, I get it. You're doing this big humanitarian effort, but like, uh, you know, you're not doing your staff any favors if you can't pay your own rent. Uh, if you burn out and your gym closes, and you need to have like a healthy margin. That's just business. That is, there's nothing evil about that. Like you can only continue to pay above market wages if you stay in business. And um, it seems like a hundred percent of the resistance to this concept comes within the CrossFit community. And I do think our data shows that is one of the subsets that is struggling most, uh, except for maybe like martial arts is the only one who seems to be like a little farther behind from a business standpoint. It's, it's really, I wouldn't narrow it down to CrossFit or martial arts, but it's really people who run primarily a group class model because, uh, unfortunately, like their profit margins might be thin. And so the owner 
the only way they can pay the staff a good wage is to sacrifice themselves. And what we saw is that like a lot of these gyms, their margin is so small that any little disruption is going to put them out of business. So what happened when they had to close their gym for two to three months during COVID lockdowns? Well, they fired all their staff. Great. Like, you know, um, and a lot of them closed their gym and, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of the critics of the four nights model have gone away because they've just gone out of business. Like that doesn't make me happy. I wish that they had actually understood the fundamental principle instead of arguing about the percentage, you know, because they'd still be around today and, and we would still have like meaningful conversations about it. In uh, 2018 or 2019, I don't remember where it is. You and I did a two brain world tour where we went over to Europe yeah. and we did some talks and just spread the gospel of just charging a little more and staying in business. Yeah, man. And uh, I did a talk on marketing I and I think I told people like, you should be charging north of like your, your average revenue per member should be north of $200. Yep. And I remember at the time there was an audible gasp in the room, like literally like rabble, right? Like you would hear people talking like <laughs> yeah. in, in, in like three different languages, just calling me an asshole. Um, <laughs> and, and I think the most common response was like the guy who was putting on the summit had a successful gym. And, and I think it, what it, he was charging like 130 70. euros. Oh yeah. 170 yeah, yeah. euros. Okay. What, you know, whatever it is too low. Yeah. And so everyone's like, Oh, this guy's got the best gym in all of Europe and he charges 140 euros. Like how could I ever charge more than 90 euros? Um, yeah. and that was like very much the sentiment. But now we have uh, the CEO of CrossFit, Don Fall, going into the chalk up and saying, hey, after a year, <laughs> the number one thing I see is that many are underpricing and affiliates could be doing a lot better financially. Um, yeah. And our data shows that as well, right? That was one of the things that we uncovered there. Um, what, what do you think in terms of pricing and ARM when it comes to these group gyms that you've classified as like the people who struggle most? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, ba the average now, like the baseline that you have to hit, the average is 160 ARM. So that includes all revenue from personal training, nutrition, coaching, kids on, you know, divided by your number of members. If you're not averaging like 160 per client, you're below average. The first target should be 205 per client per month. And there's a lot of reasons why gyms aren't doing this. Number one, they, they mistake their model. So they think that they're running this like kind of commodity, uh, assembly line model where we're going to get 300 clients. That's not the case. Like the most successful gyms actually have about 150 clients with a high ARM. The second thing is that the owner won't price uh, their service properly because they just look at all the gyms around them and they're like, okay, I'm going to do this better, but for five bucks less. And I can remember when we published the first data set, a gym owner in Atlanta called me. He was one of the original like CrossFit gyms. And he's like, there's no way the average is 150. You cannot charge more than 79 bucks a month for CrossFit in Atlanta. But we could point to some, some gym owners in Atlanta, Rick Thompson, Miles Davis, Brennan Brigham, like, you know, here's half a dozen who are charging a lot more. And it's because they understand what their service is, right? It's you're selling a coaching service. You're not selling access to classes. You're not selling like a show up when you can model. You're selling a coaching business. And that's the key. And, um, you know, John was telling this story. We were actually in France and 
I was standing at the back of the room with the head at the time of CrossFit Legal for Europe. And she turned to me and said, it looks like he just threw a hand grenade into the room. The reality (laughs) was like, yeah, yeah, literally. And, but the reality was that like at that time, a lot of the gyms in kind of like Western Southern Europe were about three years behind in their process. And so now that we work with more and more of those gyms, you know, UK, France, uh, Italy, um, you know, uh, Germany for sure, a lot in Sweden, a lot in Finland. These gyms that work with us have this enormous head start because they're not, they don't have to go through three years of mistakes to get their pricing right. They already know what works. And that's thanks to this data set. I mean, I met a Eastern European two-brain client at the games last yeah. week who was over 150 euros, like in Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. So like, <laughs> you know, uh, so it sounds like they're a couple years behind over there, but we're glad uh, we got it's, Oscar and Carl and, and, and Calm doing, doing Bear, the Lord's work over Gary, there. Rickard. Lisa, yeah. Rickard, yeah. Like we have so many mentors over there. But this is really important now because if you're selling a – I wouldn't call it a commodity model. I'd call it an assembly, like an industrial model where you're trying to get 300 people, put them all into group classes, coach, you know, 20 at once. You've got competition and uh, Nike just opened up their studios, 99 bucks a month. They're starting on the West coast. If you haven't pivoted to like, you know, a model where 150 clients makes you a hundred thousand dollars a year as the gym owner, because your ARM is over 200, like you can't wait anymore. This is the time. You have to do this. The data bears it out, but now you've got, there's a wolf at the door for the first time. And if you're not embracing, like we're a coaching business, uh, you're, you're going to have to fight Nike. Good luck. Well, I think we're starting to see a decoupling in CrossFit where there's like, CrossFit is the methodology. It's the way we train where I think when I was operating, it was meant to mean one business model. So it was like, mm. you have like, Three classes in the morning, three classes in the evening. Your price point is whatever it is in your market, plus or minus $10, depending on minus. where you want to be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think you're starting to see more interesting models. And, and it's easy to forget that like the original CrossFit, when Glassman was doing it, he was running semi-private training, essentially. Semi-private. Like first it was personal training, then it was semi-private, and then it was just group because he started to sell out. But what I think we're going to start seeing is um, – in two brain and in other groups, you have a lot of people uh, seeing a lot of financial success with, you know, somewhere between 75 to 150 members in small group pricing between three and 600 a month. And and that's just uh, something where you can retain coaches for a long period of time, pay them a good staff, and then also have a very high profit margin. And I don't think that model um, is CrossFit prohibitive. I think you can run that business model with CrossFit and uh, keep your keep your members for longer. You know, <laughs> I don't I don't think that is something that's crazy, and I think it's something we'll see more of. But even back to the group side, we have people in Two Brain who are running like primarily group models who have ARMs over three hundred dollars. So this idea yeah. of like you have to be anchored to what other CrossFits in your town are um, are charging, or other gyms in your town for that matter, is just wrong, right? I think with the right messaging price. Uh, with the right messaging, packaging, and um, foresight, like you can be the premium offering in your town, and, and that's something you always talked about, right? Like, what what's the Chris Cooper quote? Like, I live in a steel town, but there's always going to be dentists and doctors and lawyers yeah. and all that. Like, is that how you think about it? Yeah, yeah. Like, not everybody is my client, but what's interesting is that that you know, 
there's different models you can use. And there are some gyms doing just groups in two brain who are doing amazing. Russell Francis has two gyms like this out in Jersey doing great. There are other models where it's mostly small group and semi-private. And what's interesting is like, that was Greg's model. It's so important to hear him say that, that we have on our website, twobrainbusiness.com forward slash Greg, that will lead you directly to an interview that I did sitting at his kitchen table in 2017 out in Portland. And I said, like, how did you do it? And nowhere else have I ever heard him talk about like the structure of his business. Really, he had a small space, 1,700 square feet. You can find the original photographs of it. He could not get a class of 12 in there. There's no way. Like when he closed his gym and they donated the the equipment, I think it was Fort Leavenworth, but I could be wrong about that. And like 20 soldiers showed up to load up the rig. They had to work out outside. And so it was always just like, okay, you're going to come in at like 12 o'clock and you're going to work out with these three people. And that's how like the coaching and scaling model worked. It was really semi-private, really. And he was doing nutrition challenges too, by the way. I'm... I've been saying it on the pod. I've been saying it publicly that 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 we're going back. We're going to see more gyms doing that, and I think uh, we're going to see some very successful affiliates who are going to run out of a smaller footprint and um, kind of give up the idea that success is how many members you have and how many assault bikes you have, right? Because <laughs> do you know where that big like you must have three hundred members myth came from? Uh, I have a guess, but tell me. <laughs> okay, so um, right around twenty. 20- 16. It could have been earlier. CrossFit started doing these affiliate summits. And, um, you know, so there, there's this guy, he's like, I got this model that's really working at CrossFit LA. Now, Andy Petranico owned that gym, but he had a business partner. And so this guy gets up and he's like on stage and he's maybe it was 2012. Yeah. Because it was very early after I affiliated gets up on stage. Here's the model. Now this guy's background was actually karate dojos and their model is you pack that room tight. You get 30 kids in, you sell them all a gi. It's, um, it's like synchronized, really. We all punch at the exact same time. We all kick at the exact same time. Cause if everybody's doing their own thing, they're going to kick each other in the face. But this is the model, 300 people, right? And so he sold that to the affiliates that were gathered there. Now, HQ never actually came out and said, you're right, this is the model. And a lot of other people have written about this since. But that model got embraced at that summit because here was the first like business expert um, who was standing up and talking about this. Now, of course, he went on to do business consulting for years and years. And like some some OGs will remember this. Uh, but like when I started looking at his model and running his model, it almost bankrupted me. And so, you know, I was tempted to sign up for his mentorship program and stuff. I'm glad I didn't. But like when I started saying like, let's see some metrics, like how, what are you charging for this? Nobody would produce them. And so I started saying, well, I, I can't adopt this until I know the metrics. My personal training gym is basically like floating my CrossFit gym right now. I'm going to embrace personal training while I'm waiting for somebody to prove to me that this works. And they just never did. And, you know, unfortunately to this day, generations of CrossFit gyms follow that model. And there's even a myth that like big group classes is CrossFit, but it's not. CrossFit is the method, not the model. Could go okay. down a rabbit hole there, but that's I did think I just an, did. another yeah. podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's talk about um, let's talk about what it Key means learners. to be an actual owner, not yeah. just like someone who has a job within their gym. So, so what is the data telling us about that? 
So the average gym owner in 2022 took home $3,787 per month. Now that's net owner benefit. So that's a combination of like a salary plus a profit and plus like maybe your gym pays your cell phone bill or maybe even for your truck, right? So that's about 48,000 a year. That's not a good wage, right? It's not enough. Any unexpected little problem is gonna trip you up, but that number is going up and those numbers are the highest in the industry. And what's even better is that the two brain gyms at the tip of that spear, the average two brain gym, I mean, is the tip of that spear and they took home $4,854 per month. So more than a thousand more dollars per month. Why does that matter? Well, think about what a thousand dollars would mean to your family. If you had an extra thousand dollars every month, take home from the gym, right? I'm sure that would probably quench a lot of fires because when my gym wasn't doing well, and I was, I was making 45,000 a year at that point, like money was not the root of all of our problems, but it sure poured gas on all the other fires until I started actually making more. So the cool thing is that like owners can be taught to make more owners can make more. They don't have to dramatically change their model to do it. And as gym owners keep making more, it attracts better and better people to the industry. It attracts better and better staff. It creates more sustainable business with better lifestyle for the owner. And we help more people. So when you talk to the average gym owner, and so I've done a a ton of sales calls for Two Brain, you ask them, what's your goal? You know, where do you want to be? What is a success? Um, The answer you will hear, uh, I would say 90% of the time, but that may be underselling it. It's probably more, the magic number is $10,000 a month, right? Like that seems to be, or, or a hundred K, but usually it's, it's 10,000 a month is what I hear. And for a typical gym owner, if you kind of talk like, hey, talk me through how you got there and what you need to do to get there. They, they tell you, hey, I need to get like more marketing. I need 500 members um, paying me, you know, $30 a month or whatever it may be. And so um, how what's the path? How do we get there? How do we get more gym owners? And and how attainable is that, right? Is this something where it's just like a pipe dream that you see on on Business Guru podcasts where, you know, there's maybe a few hundred of them in the world? Or is this something where um, we can professionalize the industry more and have a decent chunk of gym owners making real money? Yeah. So the first thing that we had to do is define like, what is a successful gym? And to me, a successful gym is paying you $100,000 a year as the owner. Okay. That's how we're, that's the measuring stick that we're going to use. For you, that number might be 70,000. It might be 120,000. It doesn't matter. What matters is that there is a measuring stick because honestly, you know, I chat with a dozen gym owners every single day who are not into brain and we jump into chats in, in gym owners United or somewhere else. And I'll say, how's the gym? And they'll be like, it's great. And I'll say, well, what do you mean by great? And, and they're like, well, you know, great community, um, amazing coaching. Uh, we got this beautiful rig. And I'm like, well, you know, what are you paying yourself? Well, I actually, I live in my car, right? So it's like, okay, the gym is not doing well because that's not sustainable. And actually, you know, that's a, that's a legit example. Like we've had several gym owners sleeping in their gyms when they start two brain. And then, you know, two years later, they're buying a house. So. 100,000 is like a milestone in two brain. And we actually really celebrate that milestone. We send you like a big plaque 
and um, the mentor that got you there, they get like a, a name on their big plaque full of. And so in the last couple of years, like in the last two years, we've put about 140 people to that 100K level. We know that it takes an average of two years, one month, nine days into brain. And so now that we've proven that we can do it, we're saying, how do you do it faster? And so what I'm actually doing right now is taking the 100 gyms that got to that level the fastest in two brain. I am auditing everything about their journey. So like, let's look at their metrics. Let's uh, Then let's pick apart like every conversation they had with their mentor. Then let's look at their notes. What actions did they actually take? Here's what it is. First off, they need to see some wins. Their ARM has to come up. They have to make more money per client that they have. Then they need to systemize their business. Their retention will suck and the owner will never get any kind of time freedom unless it's out of their head and onto paper. Okay. From there, they need to improve their retention. Okay. So we're already doing like marketing, sales, ops, and retention before we even touch the coaching. You know, one myth that's out there right now is like the way that I make a better gym is I improve the coaches. Everybody becomes, you know, a black belt. That's not actually true. Like most of your coaches are already a seven out of 10. Your business is a three out of 10. Let's fix your business, you know? And then from there, um, they need to add like more marketing. So, you know, we establish the funnel. We teach them how to sell. We teach them how to do lead nurture. Then we teach them how to retain. We teach them how to systemize and then optimize all their progress. Then we teach them more marketing. And then let's talk about staff development. Your staff has to be excellent before your gym can be excellent they're probably closer to excellence than your bookkeeping is right now. Let's fix the weakest link in the chain. Love it. Now, where do gym owners go if they want to find out more about Chris Cooper? Just twobrainbusiness.com is probably the best. I mean, I I do write in different places too. Like um, I have a blog called businessisgood.com where I really just talk about entrepreneurial skills. You know, TwoBrainBusiness.com is really focused on being extremely tactical. I don't want to give you big ideas about like leadership and motivation and vision. Like I want to tell you, press this button, click this link, download this thing, say this, right? So TwoBrainBusiness.com is very tactical. It's built to help gym owners. Um, you know, where do you go to find out more stuff about me? I don't know, call my wife, I guess. I haven't, I've been met her and I've been working, uh, one-on-one with you on oh, really? a daily basis for, uh, six years. So, you know, just, uh, good luck with that. Um, but you did bring something up. You brought up business is good. Um, I want to do a whole show on that at some point in the future, but you do, uh, there are a decent chunk of people who coach other people in fitness who listen to this show. Uh, talk a little bit about the meta program because you, you don't talk about that anywhere. You don't really advertise it. Um, explain what it is. And so, uh, it, you know, come out with it because it, it is very secretive and, and the, this little club, but um, I do think there's some value in talking about it publicly. So meta is where I coach other business coaches and at two brain, like we have 57 mentors on the team right now. And we don't just teach them like, here are the tactics you must use to grow gyms. It's like, here is how you mentor people. And so then some of these uh, mentors at Two Brain have actually branched off into private practice where they're helping local entrepreneurs in their community. And they're saying like, how do I set this practice up? So um, about a year and a half ago, I was approached by a business coaching group that had a hundred 
gyms in a different niche, in the cheer niche. These are amazing owners. They had amazing gyms, great clients. They wanted to have the kind of impact that Two Brain has and grow from, you know, a hundred gyms to thousands. And so they said, like, will you help us? And so I said, this could be fun. And so I started, you know, working with them. And then since then, uh, the meta program has attracted other partners too in other spaces like martial arts. And so now like, um, I'm helping them grow their impact in their communities by coaching them as business coaches. And there's a half a dozen in the program at any time. And yeah, that's it. So if you just want the, um, the cheat codes to growing a large mentorship practice without spending the millions of dollars in stupid mistakes that, um, we've done along the way in the, two brain. Yeah, we have, yeah. Yeah. We can just, uh, you can just cut the line there and get all the secrets. And if you are a gym owner who wants to do the same in the gym industry, uh, I think twobrainbusiness.com is your place. And if you are broke, and just want free help, we got you anyways. That is gymownersunited.com. That is a uh, free Facebook group that uh, Two Brain runs. We give away a ton of free resources. We give away free books in there. We um, Right now we're promoting the State of the Industry Survey. Um, and that's where we'd like you to go and take five minutes and fill it out. I'm also gonna link to it in the show notes because um, it helps. It helps push the industry forward. This isn't something that we are going to, um, you know, steal for two brains like proprietary data, data vault. Um, this is something that we genuinely think will help the industry and help gym owners make better decisions. So um, go fill it up. It only takes five minutes. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to convince Chris to let me give you a special surprise if you do. So I'll keep working on that. And, um, uh, yeah, we think we think it is something that is beneficial to you and the industry at large. Chris Cooper, any parting words for uh, the guests of Gym World worldwide? Yeah, I think like what's going to take the fitness industry to the next level is the unification of the owners who are doing well, especially. But we need to bring everybody together. We need to create a movement. You know, if we learn anything during global lockdowns, it's that we need to have a place at the table. And where that starts is like one common point of discussion, and that's a data set. You know, the first, I'm not talking about we're going to create a union. What I'm going to talk about, though, is like we need to create a powerful force that people can't ignore anymore. And, you know, that force is gymownersunited.com. Like Two Brain started it, absolutely. But um, the, the, Discussion in that group is incredible and it's, it's taken on a life of itself, uh, of its own. And, and, um, the common discussion point is really the state of the industry. Even if you're not in Gym Owners United, like I really encourage you to take part in this. This is what's giving us a seat at the table. This is what is getting us the attention of the big lobbies and will eventually get us the attention of governments who make decisions about your gym. So don't do it for me. Don't do it for John as much as you love him. Like do it for yourself and your future and the coaches who are in your gym and the clients who might open their own gym someday. Listen to Crown Prince. Go fill that out. This has been a special broadcast of Gym World Worldwide. Be sure to unsubscribe and leave a hateful comment. We will see you next week.